We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This is episode 96 of the pod joined by Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musso. Matt, I just really not a whole lot to talk about this week, huh? Uh, no, I t- like run a, little, I mean, run a little short on topics. Sacramento Kings are, I guess you guys are not playing too well, but not totally uh, not. like that's probably the top is, story in the sporting world, right? It is going to be a predominantly NFL free agency driven pod here today. So many moves, uh, really reshaping the landscape of the NFL and we don't want you guys to miss any. So I think, I think Matt, it'd be a good idea if I just kind of read off some moves here, huh? On your marks, just get set, just take go. it. Go, just take it from the top here. Beginning on Monday twenty, Monday February twenty fifth, offensive tackle Greg Robinson resigns with the Browns. Falcons plan to keep defensive end Vic Beasley. Cowboys make an offer defensive end Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, Tuesday February twenty sixth, kicker Robbie Gould receives a franchise tag from the Forty Niners. Uh, defensive tackle Marcel Darius restructures his deal with the Jags. And then on the twenty seventh of February, the Jets look to deal number three pick for a draft haul. Then Thursday February twenty eighth, Witten returns to Cowboys and what we thought was going to be the block breaking news on this free agency season breaking news last week uh, Eagles defensive end Brandon Graham announced a three-year extension with his team Giants pass rusher Olivier Vernon uh, comes to a $31 million deal uh, but he's on the trade block the New York Giants. Friday, March 1st, Lions keeping starting defensive end Romeo Okwara. Uh, Go Irish. The Jags. <laughs> the Jags looking to trade running back uh, Carlos Hyde and defensive tackle Malik Jackson. That ended up happening. We'll get there. Eagles extend center Jason Kelsey. One year, $11 million. Get that money. Falcons extend back a quarterback Matt Schaub. They agreed to a two-year contract extension. Get that money. Chiefs tagging uh, linebacker D4. Uh, but they will listen to offers. Spoiler alert, they took an offer. 49ers <laughs> offensive lineman Mike Person comes to an agreement on a three-year deal. Jaguars expected to sign quarterback Nick Foles. Spoiler alert, they do. Titans likely to release safety uh, Jonathan Cyprian. Don't know what happened there. Texans use franchise tag on rusher Jadevian Clowney. Eagles offensive guard Isaac Suvaleo agreed to three-year contract extension. Get that money. Cowboys use franchise tag on defensive end Demarcus Lawrence once again. Seahawks franchise tag defensive end Frank Clark. Defensive tackle. We're gonna just keep. We're gonna scroll forward here a little yeah. bit. Let's jump to franchise. like. Let's jump to like Monday. A lot of franchise tagging going on here. Monday would have been what? March. Uh, Oh, the 10th, 11th, Saturday, something March like that? 10th, yeah. Okay, here we go. Uh, 11th, or we're going to pick things up on Saturday with the Steelers deal uh, with Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, big news, going to the Oakland Raiders for a third and a fifth round pick. Uh, he's also getting a raise from his uh, 39, $38.9 million to $54 possible million. So uh, get that money, AB, see how that um, how that dysfunction goes. Uh, from there, we have the Lions releasing... 
where the Lions re- releasing a cornerback, the Chiefs uh, releasing a linebacker uh, rather than paying him $15 million. They released Justin Houston. The Raiders, uh, they trade a guard to the Jets, a backup guard. The Raider, yeah, Raiders re-sign a defensive tackle, Jonathan Haskins. Uh, Rams re-sign outside linebacker Dante Fowler Jr. Bucks shopping a wide receiver uh, uh, excuse me Deshaun Jackson who then made a return to Philly Danny Amendola is now a lion Uh, Spencer Pulley agrees to a three year deal with the New York Giants ex-Jaguars defensive tackle Malik Jackson does then sign with the Eagles the rich get richer the Vikings part ways with offensive lineman uh, Andrew Sandejo uh, or excuse me, safety. safety. That's safety. Oh, yes. Uh, left Possible tackle. Bears target, if you ask me. Trent Brown, after spending one year with the New England Patriots, is now headed to Oakland as well on a thirty-six or six, excuse me, a sixty-six million dollar deal that makes him the highest paid tackle in the league. Thirty-six million guaranteed. Free agent Earl Thomas weighs in. He feels like it's twenty ten draft day. Eagles left tackle Jason Peters agrees to a new one year deal, keeping him in Philly for a maximum of $10 million. The Cards cut a tight end. The Cowboys stay quiet. The Browns cut a tight end. It wasn't Njoku. He's going to be really good. The 49ers signed Xbox linebacker Juan Alexander. Got Real big money. playmaker. Got money. Now the highest paid inside linebacker at his position. $54 million. That includes $27 million guaranteed. He is coming off a torn ACL last October. Something to keep an eye on there. Bears re-sign tight end Ben Broniker to keep your contract. That one is Super Bowl. Ex Titans cornerback Johnson joins Bills. Uh, That's uh, which Johnson is that? Doesn't matter which Johnson. Not a big Johnson. Lions break the bank for nickel cornerback Justin Coleman. They paid Justin Coleman. Uh, Landon Collins got a big bag. $84 million, $45 guaranteed from the Washington Redskins. Have fun uh, not being relevant forever. Lions signed defensive end Fowler. Uh, so, Trey, excuse me, Flowers. Trey Flowers signed That's a five-year deal. deal with the Lions. That was a big one. Kind of... Uh, Sent a little bit of a shockwave through the division there. Bengals add offensive tackle Bobby Hart to a three-year, $21 million deal. Uh, Jamison Crowder signs with the New York Jets, three years, $28 million. The Bills sign uh, aging like wine Frank Gore to a one-year, $2 million deal. Keep getting those checks. He'll never retire. Uh, We have Kenny Vaccaro returning to the Titans. Uh, Nick Foles makes it official with the Jags, signs a four-year, $88 million deal, including $50 million guaranteed. Talk about a change in the way your career was going. Wide receiver Sean Jackson heads back to the Eagles. They make that official. The Bills add a tight end. The Titans add wide receiver depth. We move on. Offensive lineman Terrell Suggs going to be signing with the Arizona Cardinals. That's going to be weird. Another big move for the Bears here, Mike Davis. They shell out a little bit of money for a running back. It looks like uh, Jordan Howard's days in Chicago have been numbered. The Bears add the former Seattle running back. Uh, moving on, Tyron Matthew, a big one here, joins the Chiefs for three years, $42 million. I think they saw their weakness there and uh, trying to fill it with a big-time playmaker. Uh, Devin Funchish joins the Colts. Uh, what else we got? Defensive back Kareem Jackson signs a three-year deal with the Broncos. Uh, safety, LaMarcus Joyner plans to join the Raiders on a four-year deal. Josh McCown Still alive, still cashing checks. Uh, he'll be taking more time before deciding if he wants to. <laughs> Maybe not anymore. Maybe not anymore. Got to read beyond the headline there. That's okay. Right tackle, Juwan James. 
signs a four-year big money million dollar includes 33 million guaranteed with the denver broncos everybody's got money and they're spending it where's my money uh, new york <laughs> uh what do we got here ex vikings defensive tackle richardson sheldon richardson joins the browns terrell suggs then got that one-year deal from the cardinals packers add two pass rushers uh, i think they see the way that the, the division's going zanaria smith and preston smith uh they went on to add smith brothers amos don't really want to talk about that, but we That's will have okay. to. Patriots, uh, they tendered Josh Gordon. Texans add a safety. Bridgewater signs a deal with the Saints. Instead of uh, exploring starting jobs elsewhere, he will continue to be Drew Brees' backup in uh, the Big Easy. That's that's New Orleans, right? The Big Easy? Uh, yeah, yeah. You're correct. Um, there you go. You're doing Davis. a great job. You're doing a great job. Thomas Davis is now a San Diego Charger. Don't worry. You get a lozenge uh, break after this. <laughs> the Packers sign an offensive lineman, Billy Turner. Linebacker Ryan Shazier remains a Steeler. Another good faith move by the Steelers there. The Saints ink Latavius Murray. Uh, ending Ingram's run in in New Orleans. The Bills sign wide receivers Beasley and Brown, that being Cole Beasley, undersized, love him, and John Brown. Dolphins bringing back wide receiver Devontae Parker. Uh, linebacker We're getting there, Anthony, folks. Don't worry. Linebacker Anthony Barr loses his mind. He says he's going to go to the Jets. Doesn't go to the he Jets. He got his wants mind to stay back. with the Vikings. Got his mind back. Rams introduce Eric Weddle. Weddle signs with the Rams. Ex-Eagle uh, Jordan Hicks is going to sign with the Cardinals. Buffalo adds uh, offensive tackle uh, Ty Neshke. Okay, sure. We're scoop sure. past a couple here. Yeah. Uh, Let's just get they, to the end. Get to the end. Uh, Panthers, new and then things. Then things Spoiler alert, guys! The Bears signed Cordero Patterson, which is, a, I think, the biggest move of free agency, obviously, so far. None of none of the, um, none of the other ones top that. Jets, Le'Veon Bell. Don't know if I'd call so it. The biggest it was move. obviously an exaggeration. You, uh, you, 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 you've you're, you've been talking. You've had to read for so long without breathing. You're losing oxygen. You weren't able to sense the the humor. Billy Trade Stevens, Ben Michael okay. Bennett. And- Philly trades defensive end Michael Bennett to New England. He'll probably be great again there. Carlos Hyde to the Kansas City Chiefs. Dwayne Allen to the Miami Dolphins. I did not um, see Carlos Hyde. That's a good move for them. Once things uh, went official, it's still, you know, free agency was very interesting. We'll, we'll kind of taper off here. But free agency was very interesting, but the two biggest moves came through trades. You have two of your, other than, uh, other than Julio Jones, two of the three biggest profile wide receivers in the NFL wearing different jerseys last year. One being Antonio Brown, who got his way and got more money going to the Oakland Raiders. And the other being uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, traded to the Cleveland Browns for a First round pick, a third round pick, and safety. Jabril Peppers. Uh, Jabril Peppers, who um, who's kind of a safety, kind of a linebacker, kind of your roving guys. So you kind of write him off. Yeah, that's true. That's um, but but those are, those are the biggest moves right there. Um, Matt, what sticks out to you before we get to the Bears elsewhere? Yeah, I was going to say, why don't you go take a sip of your coffee? Maybe after how many consecutive minutes you just talked there maybe make some tea with a little lemon some honey take care of that mm. voice because i'm sure you gotta actually no, you're off the next two days so we'll be all right so you should we'll be okay um mm-hmm. i think for me it was the arms race in the nfc north um uh, the vikings stayed somewhat quiet without the with the exception of bringing back their own uh guy in anthony Barr. they paid him a ton of money but that's not really going outside to to add in more um the packers and the lions um I don't hate the Packers' moves. Adrian Amos is a very good player, and they had a little bit of cap flexibility on defense, so he makes mm-hmm. sense for them at that much money. I think it's going to average about nine a year. That didn't make sense for the Bears. We talked about it, I think, each of the last two weeks. It just 
him and Bryce Callahan don't really appear to didn't really appear to be in the cards with the commitments coming up here, and, and that's all right with me. But I think that's a nice signing for the Packers. I think it's a little bit much for him, the guy who doesn't really take the ball away all that often, but he's usually a pretty good positional safety. And then the, the two pass rushers is something they desperately needed. Um, probably spells the end of Clay Matthews' tenure in Green Bay. He hasn't been the, the same Clay Matthews that we all remember him as. But um, like you said, they, they saw the way that division was going and realized they needed to catch up there big time. And then obviously the Lions, um, wow, they spent a lot of money. Um, Trey Flowers is good. I'm not really sure he deserves to be paid like the elite pass rusher in the NFL. Um, and Justin Houston to me, I, I'm kind of surprised he hasn't landed somewhere yet. I thought he'd be somewhere pretty quickly i thought someone would offer him a, a good amount of money maybe over a shorter term uh that's the name i'm holding out hope that uh, ryan pace cleared some salary cap space for on a on a short-term deal because i think he'd be a perfect perfect fit alongside khalil mack yeah the bears kind of kicking the ball down the road which worries me here shortens the window a little bit it feels like there's so gonna be some did you want on bell issues. is that no, no, no. no. I, oh, okay, I, I didn't gotcha. want Le'Veon Bell, but the restructuring of Khalil Mack's contract um, is going to put us in a bad position two years from now when some guys need to be signed. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, future problems. We'll deal with them when we get them. I, I like the fact that they are that they did free up that space, that eleven million dollars of cap space that they could then go out and you know fill some holes with, make mm-hmm. some moves with. Um, did I want Le'Veon Bell? It was an exciting idea. Yeah, we never even made it to the finish line. Le'Veon Bell, New York Jet. Oh, yeah. Um, But, you know, it it was just a – it's one of those situations where you know he's going to get paid. Do you necessarily want to be the team to pay him to see what his production is after, you know, 14 months of not playing football or 16 months, whatever it's been, of not playing football? Do I think he's going to be still a, a great weapon? Yes. Is it going to show different as a Jet? Of course, because they're bad. Yeah. Bad rubs off on people. It, it, he made a business decision there. He's not going to be relevant throughout the entirety of that contract. But it's one of those situations where if they would have done it, I would have been excited. But I'm glad that they didn't uh, because they don't really handcuff themselves in certain situations. I like the way the Bears have positioned themselves through all of this craziness. But um, I I was just taken back as a whole. Uh, Like, the entirety of these moves, I was not expecting. I was not expecting Odell to be in a different jersey. Um, I never expected that either. I I still don't get it. To as small as, like, who would have told you that Deshaun Jackson was going back to the Eagles? And I know we don't necessarily follow Tampa Bay or Philly football that closely. Was that something that people were expecting um, in those two markets? Being Living in Sacramento, following the Bears, that's not something I had mm-hmm. on my radar. I apologize. But nonetheless, like a, an, another huge storyline there. So I think this was kind of the hold my beer moment for the NFL um, kind of getting back into the free agency game a la the NBA, you know, getting interesting again. I'll be honest with you. I, I saw that. I'm with you in Le'Veon Bell. I wasn't, I was, I don't want to say I was against them going after him, but I was like, I'd rather spend the money elsewhere. That said, if they would announce the Bears sign Le'Veon Bell, I would have been pretty jacked up because he would have looked mm-hmm. pretty good in that offense. But I'm not sure he fit necessarily in that locker room. Um, and like you said, there, there's money elsewhere that needs to be spent. But having seen what the Jets paid for him and how like I mean, people were projecting 17, 18 mil a year, he's getting 13 mil a year with only 35 of it guaranteed. So like that's 
you could have gotten out of that after three years, I believe, penalty free, and probably after two years if you really wanted to, without that taking that big of a hit for you know more than a year. So uh, at, at that price, I was a little bit surprised, but I'm, I'm glad they went the route they did. I, I didn't want them to take some sort of half measure by you know paying Mark Ingram seven million a year, either. Be, you know, go get the biggest fish in Le'Veon Bell or go after a guy like they did in Mike Davis who you're not paying all that much money who had a pretty solid year in Seattle who's got a history as you know a, a role running back not necessarily a feature guy but also a guy who can you know rush for 500 yards like he did and also catch 35 balls out of the backfield like he did so I like what they did offensively and Cordero Patterson um, probably got paid a little bit more than they'd like to but I don't think uh, that's much more guaranteed than, than just the first year of it and with Matt Nagy's creativity in that offense with his size, he can really do just about anything. He can line up on the outside. He can line up in the slot. There were games last year where the Patriots were giving him 20-some carries as a true running back, and he was going for, you know, 100-some yards. So I, I really like that fit, even if they had to overpay just a little bit to get him. I think he's going to be a really solid fit in an offense with a guy like Matt Nagy running it. Yeah, that, that's what struck me about that move. Was it, it was, you know, it's in lockstep with – where the offense is going and then if it allows Matt Nagy to even further open up that playbook like he said he's going to this year in year two of the mm-hmm. offense and really get creative with some things uh, Cordero Patterson obviously a guy obviously a guy who's um, been moved around formation a lot so I don't think it's going to throw him off I don't think it's going to take him a long time to get on the same page but just the possibilities the options you present yourself with having Cordero Patterson lined up somewhere Tariq Cohen lined up somewhere and then Mike Davis a traditional back maybe lined up next to Trubisky it, yeah. you can do a lot of interesting things with that and I, I'm not necessarily certain that what we've seen so far this offseason 100% spells the end of Jordan Howard in a Bears uniform um, I, I think they've. I, I'm not saying it doesn't for sure. Uh, I I think with where they are now, if they don't get the offer that they want, you know, which might be a third or a fourth round pick, if somebody's only saying, "Hey, here's a fifth or here's a sixth, mm-hmm. I don't see the value in trading him because I think there's more value in having a guy like Jordan Howard on your roster because as much as he might not be a fit in this system. Uh, I think we saw at times last year that there was some value, especially that Rams game where the offense couldn't get going. It was a colder night. You kind of needed to ground and pound the Rams, a, a very solid defense. And he was basically the re- reason the offense got anything going on that night. So I, I yeah. still think, and I'm not saying extend them after this year because they're not. This will be, if he's still here, if they don't move him, this would be his last year at the Bears. But I'm not, I, I'm not in favor of trading him just to trade him. I still no. think there's some use for him, even though I know Matt Nagy doesn't love him as, as a fit in the system. I still think he provides value to that offense because as much as he might not like a diminished role, he's still going to have you know some reason to go out because he is playing for a contract, and he still serves a purpose on this Bears team. And the fact that he's playing for a contract, I, you know, I wasn't super impressed by Jordan Howard's attitude last year. That was literally like the one moment of dissent was when he was unhappy about yeah. his touches. What was it, like week six or something, yeah. week five? Like somewhere in there where mm-hmm. murmurs started coming out that, you know, Jordan Howard's unhappy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, be unhappy, do whatever you want, keep your mouth shut. We went over that because you have a chance to win something. Does the guy want to be a part of a winning team, a contender? Well, then there are a few places that are more prepped to contend right now than the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. 
it would make sense to want to be a part of that team. But if you're going to want to be a part of that team and you're going to want to play an integral role, spend the entirety of the winter and early summer learning how to catch footballs out of the backfield. Like it, it, it's like the power forward who comes back with a jump shot. It was like Durant um, nine years ago, like LeBron 10 years ago, come back with your jump shot, prove to us that you do fit this system. And then yes, we'll talk about it, a four year extension yeah, I mean, that sort of thing. Cause he's a great talent still. I will say credit to him. I mean, two years ago, he literally could not catch a football out of the backfield. It's still and not I, good. Oh, I'm, I, well, I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah. I'm saying it's still not good, but you could tell he did make efforts in the offseason to get yeah. better. And he mm-hmm. did get a little bit better at it. He wasn't dropping everything thrown his way. So if he mm-hmm. makes a similar jump, you know, from this offseason to next year, there's no reason why. I, again, it's probably not going to be here because he's going to want money. He's a two-time thousand-yard rusher, and, and he's – in certain systems has proven he can be a very valuable tool, but he's still playing for a contract and still you still need to be able to go and catch the football out of the backfield no matter what system you're playing in. So if he can prove that he can do that, prove that he can evolve his game, somebody's going to give him you know, $7 million, maybe $8 million a year, I think, next year, maybe over a shorter-term deal, but he could still get paid. Um, moving to the defensive side of the ball here for the Bears, Matt, uh, with Adrian Amos headed to Green Bay, there is an opening at safety and already a ton of, of safety moves made out in the marketplace uh, between Landon Collins signing his big deal in uh, in Washington, Tyron Matthew signing his big deal with the Chiefs, uh, Kareem Jackson signed, Earl Thomas has not signed. Um, Amos you can cross signs. him off the list, folks, unless he... Uh... Yeah, Amos signs with the Packers. Uh uh, Gibson signs with uh, the Texans. Kenny Vaccaro signs with the Tennessee Titans. Eric Weddle uh, signed with um, the LA the Rams. So that, that a, was a the lot name of I think both of us were, were yeah, in on. Keeping our eye on, and another one where it kind of would have been cool to see it happen, um, but an aging safety. I know he brings a lot to your room. Yes, I would have liked it. Didn't happen. Point being, where do the Bears go now? The obvious unsigned free agent is Earl Thomas at safety, but again, Earl, agent, Thomas, does he- Earl Thomas, if he wants, if, if he's going to come here, it has to be on like a one-year deal. And I, I don't a think one-year he deal wants that. He, where he, he wants like 14 Like an average, almost like a franchise tag of those guys yeah, that I, mean, I just talked about. He needs to take like an average value somewhere between 14 and 6 million. I think if you can get him to agree something like a year for 11, um, then, then you try and make that happen. Yeah, and it, I've, I have i don't think that's going to happen. I, I think that's pretty unlikely because I do think there will be some team that you know has money to spend that says, okay, we'll give you three years for 14 a year. Um, mm-hmm. But if he does want to win, he does want to take one chance and you know try and come here and, and play for a Super Bowl, or try and go to a contender. I don't think there's a better fit for Earl Thomas out there given the defense that you know the Bears already have and what he could be in that and what he could bring to it. I mean, he is... He was the you know original ball hawking safety. It seemed like, and I, I know he's a yeah. little bit older, coming off uh, a pair of lower body injuries, but uh, he's still got some tread. That said, he's not really worth what he's asking, so it has to be on a one year deal. I, I still think the option for the Bears they're probably going to go with it isn't a bad one. Is just sticking with Deion Bush and drafting uh, maybe a, a prospective replacement, a guy they like, you know, in later rounds and seeing if he can't win a job. But you know, Deion Bush filled in a couple times last year. Usually is for Eddie Jackson on the other side, but safeties for the most part can be pretty interchangeable in the NFL and I think he did a solid job there were no times where 
you know, in the times that Dion Bush played, I said, wow, that was on Dion Bush or he looked terrible there. So yeah. I think that's probably the route they go unless someone like Earl Thomas mm-hmm. or maybe ha ha Clinton Dix is willing to take a little bit less money. I don't know, but I think that's the route they go. Not to downplay the impact of Adrian Amos, but I think whoever you put next to Eddie Jackson, because Jackson takes up so much mm-hmm. field, because he is such a factor on the back end, that person's going to get better. You're going to see the production go up. You're going to see them, you know, make a lot of plays because quarterbacks are staying away from that other side of the field. Uh, I did I did find a list of safeties still available here. Uh, Trey Boston, Detroit's Glover Quinn, Tennessee's John Cyprian, yeah. LA's Jaheel, and Die, just sure, die, sure, fine. Uh, George Joseph Adai, Colts running back. Um, I was that's what I was thinking of. He's too. a converted safety. Uh, drive down the pri- uh, the price for Washington's haha Clinton Dix, as you said, Clayton Gathers, and uh, Brian Poole of Atlanta. So, still a couple names out there, but I do like what you're saying in terms of maybe finding some safety value late in the draft because Re- you know you can reunite the Bama boys, the bring back Clinton Dix, uh, reunite the Bama boys. They, you know, they'd love it. Those uh, draft, when in doubt, draft SEC. Hey, so it's it, kind of mine. It's never really a bad, but I, 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 again, I think it's, it's Deion Bush or someone on a, you know, prove it type deal uh, in the mm-hmm. safety market because the money these guys are getting, they're, they're, they can't really afford the top end safeties. Um, any other Bears thoughts here before we move on to some national uh, free agency thoughts? Uh, I touched Feelings. on it a little bit, but I think Justin Houston um, is the other. Yeah. You, People thought maybe the big name they were clearing cap for was Le'Veon Bell, but I don't think a guy like Justin Houston is going to take up a ton of guaranteed money over the long term. So again, I think those are the types of contracts the Bears are going to be looking for, the ones they can get out of in a year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can get a guy like that who didn't have a bad year last year, but wasn't you know the superstar edge rusher we remember Justin Houston as, you can get him alongside Khalil Mack. He's 30 years old, which isn't, you know, as a pass rusher, you still have some leg. And if, if you got a guy like Khalil Mack on the other side and Leonard Floyd at times as well, I mean, that's those three pass rushers. I mean, there, there's not really a better threesome throughout the NFL and those guys rushing the passer and then you got a guy like Keem Hicks in the middle uh, I think that makes your defense that much better and I think on offense you're just kind of I don't think you need to go out and make some big splashy names I think you're just hoping the guys you have uh, you know Mitch gets better Tariq Cohen takes another step Allen Robinson I think we saw last year especially in that playoff game has superstar potential with those 10 receptions 143 yards whatever it was uh, I think he got the weapons there you just hope those guys kind of take the next step and this offense can you know grow in year two which there's no reason it shouldn't be able to yeah um, I, I think you know as we always say it's a, an exciting time to be a Bears fan it is a positive time to be a Bears fan and uh, the fact that a free agency cycle has or at least the beginning stages of it has passed and nothing stupid was done um yeah like those is encouraging we didn't it, waste money it's weird we it's, uh, it's weird after the last two years because two years ago it was they spent all that money on really no one that turned out to be good i think it was glennon cooper sims and i'm mm-hmm. forgetting a name but it was someone that wasn't good and then last year they made some signings that ended up being pretty good um this year's fairly inactive with the exception of the one time we all got excited because Ryan Pace restructured Khalil Mack's contract. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely uh, got some some eyes open there in, in thinking something else was going to happen, but again, I think they're in a better position than most teams in the NFL heading into next season. They were in the position where they didn't need to spend the stupid money like some other teams exactly. were. That's why they weren't exactly. making the headlines. 
let's take it to Cleveland, where you now have an offensive battery of Baker Mayfield flanked by Nick Chubb, Jarvis Landry, and Odell Beckham Jr. Are the Browns officially back? Is it is it dog pound season? Now? Oh, uh, if I were a Browns fan, I would be. I'd be wearing the <laughs> how dog. Mask. I'd, have, I'd have worn that dog mask to work today. Like that's yeah. how excited they they. They didn't give up all that much in the grand scheme. Like a first round pick is technically no. a lot, but it's the seventeenth pick. Like, yeah, but it's a coin. Flip. There's, there's no Odell Beckham in this in the no. first round of this year's draft. You're, that, it, that's it, you're not getting Odell at. Beckham at number seventeen. Um, yeah. They gave up their second, third round pick, so not even like the earlier third round pick. And then they gave up a safety and a guy, Jabril Peppers, who's a nice player, but he's a very replaceable piece that they could probably try. I mean, one of the rumors was they were going after Earl Thomas. So if that was the case, there's your replacement for Jabril Peppers. Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, that's he's a replaceable piece. So the Giants, I guess, got they, they have to hit home runs on those two draft picks. So it's be called even close to a success. But after what we saw Khalil Mack get traded for last year, it seems like the Giants just get got absolutely nothing in return for, you know, a top, I would say, three wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah. And what I'm most excited about is you know being a fan of the game and being a fan of certain players is that with with when Odell signed that big what was it uh, he won- sixty or ninety million yeah, wasn't it like million? last year that like didn't he just sign was, and now he wants like more money five again? months ago it was like five months yeah. ago but point being my my point wasn't about the money my point was after he signed that I I figured you know. That was that was Odell Beckham's death sentence. That was them and the Giants him. making good, but yeah, like that's where he was just. Gonna we were going to watch him be bad on the Giants forever, and now it feels weird to say, but to have Odell Beckham on a team that could contend for the playoffs and be really interesting, um, you know, with some personalities around him, that's much more exciting to me. I mean, not from, just contend like, for the playoffs. That seems like a team that could contend for as weird as this is to say that the Cleveland Browns contend that's as far as I'm going no 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 no. that's as far as I am going for the Cleveland Browns until you do make the playoffs uh, you know what that's fair I'll I'll pump but you 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 get what I'm saying here that said one minor point I guess that's a lot of personality in one locker room uh, for a yeah but I don't see it being a toxic I I don't see it being that big of an issue I mean Odell, I, I don't want to say he's toxic because a lot of the stuff he did in New York, like it got maximized because he was in New York. But the, the long story of, or the short story of, is he, you know, tackled a kicking net and that was about it. And I think the fact that while you're bringing in a huge personality to him, the fact that he has his college teammate, his buddy Jarvis Landry on the other that's side, is one of those calming factors. Exactly, that's going to like that, he wouldn't. Odell won't fit in every locker room, and especially with a guy with a big personality like Baker. I don't. I'm not saying I think those two will collide, but the fact that you know, if, if there went two weeks by where Odell wasn't getting the looks that he wanted, if he didn't have his buddy in Jarvis Landry there to kind of be like, hey, it's okay, you know, I played with him last year, whatever, I know this, that, like basically to calm him down, I think it could be an issue. But I think the fact that he's got his college teammate, his buddy, brings down that personality just a little bit, maybe brings down the the, the possibility for controversy in that locker room. So I think that was a well thought out move by by John Dorsey in that regard. I also can't wait to hear the how I found out story because apparently uh, NFL uh, Network yesterday reported that Odell 
took the call from Gettleman um, overseas. I don't know exactly where he was, but he's in Europe or somewhere overseas. Um, so, uh, you know, like the, I just really, I always enjoy those stories. Like the, when Jimmy Butler found out he got traded from the Bulls while playing spades with Dwayne Wade in Paris at Fashion Week. Like that type of stuff is always like that inside stuff is always what, what I want to hear. Would you like to go to Fashion Week? I'd love to go. I feel to like you'd be week, a big especially with uh, especially with Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, and uh, Jimmy Butler. Yeah. You know, drink a little, drink a little good wine, go to a couple shows, play a little bourree. You know, I was say, that's a that's a great foursome for the golf course right there. Joe Musso, Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade, <laughs> Carmelo Anthony. I think that's doesn't get much better if, than that. If that doesn't scream like golf national. I don't know. What I don't. Does. <laughs> that, screams, that screams guys that don't put it all that far but can put it right in the middle of the fairway just about every time <laughs> um, got a little bit more NFL here to hit before we do get to a little bit of golf a big weekend on the PGA Tour but uh, Matt um, I'm completely blanking on where sure. we're going no here. I do that all uh, free the time a- free agency wise um, what was the other one? Oh, Le'Veon, Le'Veon of the Steelers I think we should give some time here um so let me ask you here. I, I, I got to excuse me. Let me on to, to, the uh, Jets, to the Jets from the Steelers. Yeah. Obviously, he held out all last year, turned down fifteen million dollars, and uh, he mm-hmm. got this big contract. But granted, it wasn't as big of a deal as I think he or anybody thought it might have been. So, I, is is he a winner or loser, buy or sell, whatever? Did, did the holdout work in your opinion? Does does turning down that fifteen million dollars that he'll never get back did that turn out in his favor or no? I'd say no, just because he, you know, the way that he would have won this would be getting money in that same neighborhood, which he, uh, what's the average annual? Uh, 13. So he got money in the neighborhood. Yeah. Still not a win. Um, you go to the Jets. It's hard to call it a win. I, I'm sorry. If it's a money grab, yeah, go do your thing. Uh, not going to knock a guy for going to get going to get some money, going to a market where there's probably some very lucrative um you know, off the field endorsement options. Um, it's going to work out for him, but he could have been a Pittsburgh Steeler and the Steelers could have made it work with him. Like Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Smith Schuster. That's like the ultimate what if. Like you could yeah. put that, I saw a graphic, you could put that in like the Durant, Harden, Westbrook, what if situation. Like the, it's one of those where if they could have made that work there, it would have been something really special. But that obviously wasn't in the card. So I, I think it's kind of a loss just on the surface because we, we are comparing it to the other moves that were made. Now, Antonio Brown, huge win. Gets mm-hmm. more oh, money. Yeah. Gets out of a situation he was unhappy with. Um, proves himself to be a you know a tastemaker in the league. Someone who's going to get things to happen. Um, that doesn't feel like that with the Le'Veon Bell move. It felt like this was almost not a last resort, but one of a few last resorts for Bell. I, I think for him personally. I would say it was was probably a loss simply because, you know, he could have made $15 million. And if he played last year, I, I would bet that things with Antonio Brown probably would have been a little bit better. And they would have been a little bit more happy in that locker room. And because you know, the, the old saying is winning cures all. And I guarantee Le'Veon Bell would have brought a few more wins. Not that James Conner wasn't a very solid replacement for him last year, but he wasn't Le'Veon Bell. But I think where he got the win was for you know, the players association, the, the, just the player in the NFL, because you saw guys see what he did. And now people aren't really 
star players aren't going to be afraid to do that anymore. It's not going to be that outside of the norm. Not, not that we're going to see it every year or even every other year, but the fact that somebody just finally did it and said, you know, I'm not playing, I'm not signing the tag, I'm just not showing up. It gave players leverage because now they do have that to look back on. They do have that in the cards, and Antonio Brown pretty much played that same yeah. exact card. Grant, he did. He had more. It wasn't the same exact situation with the tag, but he didn't like where he was, and he was pretty much ready to say, I'm not going to play. You can trade me, but I'm not going to play. It's kind of like, okay, good for you, though. We'll go out and get James Conner. Like, I, I don't see... Because well, that's, I don't I, see it I, that that's way. I'm not. I'm not. Again, I said for Le'Veon personally, it was probably a yeah. loss. I think for the player though, because I, I think this shows that no matter what, like especially with running backs, like we saw, out. yeah, like we saw James Conner fill in fine, and we saw that running backs in the NFL are quite honestly fairly replaceable if you, if you find the right one in the right system. But we mm-hmm. found out also that there will always be a team that's willing to pay big money for that one guy or whatever who's willing to take a risk who doesn't have that much on the cap. Maybe, I mean, they got lucky that this team was moving to Vegas and was looking for a splash. But we, we should, I think we saw that there will always be a team that's you know willing to go out there and, and pay the price for that guy. And you know Cleveland just did it with, with Odell. I mean, Odell wasn't at the point where he was going to sit out with the Giants, but he clearly wasn't too happy there. They, weren't clear, they clearly weren't too happy with him he kind of leveraged his way out of there and now is in a place where he's going to be happy. So I, I think in the future, I'm not saying, again, we're going to see people just sit out years. Um, but I, I think that the fact that this threat is there now, that the fact that this precedent has been set, you will see things start to go the player's way a little bit more often. It's an and interesting way to look sp- at it. And, yeah. No, no, no I, I just, I think the scab mentality and the, uh, the, Lack of job security for your average players is always going to fill a role because it's always going to be a guy mm-hmm. trying to take that opportunity. There's always going to be someone willing to play for less, work for less, the scab mentality. And if you can get a guy like James Conner to produce like that, then I think that does deleverage certain situations for players. Um, so uh, you could, I think you could look at it as a success on both sides of this one. I do think they gave him up. I do think they could have gotten more for him. For um, Brown, Antonio Brown? For Antonio Brown. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I'm guessing uh, that teams just kind of, teams just had to call their bluff basically and say, I know you're not going to keep him. I'm not going yeah. to give you anything. I'm not going to give you anything too valuable. I know you're not going to keep him. I know he's not going to play for you. This is what yeah. I'll give you. You have to get rid of him. Take it. I, I honestly think the Steelers had legitimately zero place to negotiate because they knew they could not come back with him on the roster next year. Which move um, interests you the most? Which which storyline are you most interested? In? Because for me personally, it is Antonio Brown. Not only at being, you know, forty five minutes um, west of me here, and, and the opportunity to do some Raiders coverage, but at the same time, the move to Las Vegas and the subsequent years after mm-hmm. Oakland with Antonio Brown's. Uh, What's the good way to put it here? His loose screws, if you will. Um, Antonio Brown in Vegas. I think there are going to be some fireworks for better and for worse with Antonio Brown and the Raiders. Uh, you just you put Gruden and Brown in the same room. Those egos, we're, we're bound to get some stories. I tell you what, man. Spider 2 white banana is going to look pretty good. I tell you what, nobody works harder at practice than Antonio Brown. Uh, I, you, you know, what, here's, here's one for this, this storyline probably isn't my, um, the, the one that intrigues me the most, but one pretty nice one for you out there. D Ford, and you get traded yes. out to, to San Fran. That's a pretty big deal. He got 
hey, now with with the um, second overall pick, if they do end up going Bosa, you're talking Bosa, Ford, Solomon, Bosa, Ford, Solomon Thomas, Eric Armstead, and who am I forgetting over on the other side? Um, I'm blanking on someone, but they're just stacked across mm-hmm. uh, for a team that had zero pressure from their front yeah. seven. They went out and then they make a move for Quan Alexander at linebacker to go next to uh, Fred Warner. That front seven got a lot better in forty eight hours time. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I think for me the most intriguing team has been the Jets. Um, mm-hmm. They've been a laughing stock for a while and, and rightfully so. But I actually do kind of think they're on the right track. I I like Sam Darnold. I'm not sure he's, ever, he's he's a star quarterback in the making, but I think he has potential to kind of be that next level below where you can win some games with mm-hmm. him. I think Le'Veon Bell's pretty darn good. Um, and, and I think the addition of Jamison Crowder to that uh, offense also helps them out uh, tremendously. Uh, and then signing C.J. Mosley. I mean, that, that defense also, like, it wasn't that bad last year. And it has a lot of firepower, and they have a experienced defensive coordinator in Greg Williams, who you know might not benefit everywhere, but I think with a younger defense like the Jets have, uh, I think that can be intriguing fit. Obviously, the Patriots are going to win that division, um, but in the coming years, as Tom Brady and the Patriots, you know, at some point he's going to have to retire. Yep. <laughs> as, as things start to decline, there's, there's going to be a team that kind of steps up in that division. And I really like what the Jets have done this offseason. I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team, but I think they're they're taking steps to not be the laughing stock anymore. And then for me, obviously, too, the, like I said earlier, the Lions just spending, it seems like, every dollar they had. I mean, they, yeah. they went out and paid just about – Danny Amendola got big money. Uh, Trey Flowers, like you said, got big money. I'm, I'm missing another name or two, but they spent a bunch of money this offseason, basically and signing that, the, all the leftover Patriots. Well – that was going to be my point there is Patricia, he, he said it time and again last season. He's, I, I got to get my guys in here. I got to get my guys in mm-hmm. here. And of the Belichick disciples, I really think Patricia is the um, apple that fell closest to the tree. I think mm-hmm. there are, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, excuse me, Belichick DNA there in yeah. Patricia. And for him to go get expatriates and go get guys that have that similar, I don't know, buy-in, work ethic, mentality, the Lions are going to be better. You know, this is they're, they're going to be a lot better than they were. And I think that if you get that buy-in and you get people to believe in what Patricia's doing, do you see a Patriot-type success even in a, you know, in a, in a smaller fashion? I, I, I doubt it, yeah. but they're going to be better. Here's an interesting name for me that's still out there that I just kind of thought of. Uh, actually, I was scrolling mm-hmm. through a free agent tracker. Uh, Golden Tate still hasn't been signed. Yeah, and he, he's a guy who's who's not old. He's th- he's thirty, but in NFL years that's kind of getting up there. Mm-hmm. I wonder, man, if if the Bears are looking for some weapons, and I know we said that we kind of like what they have on offense, and if they did stand pat offensively, I'd be fine with that. But if you can get a guy like Golden Tate to take, you know, two years. You know, fourteen million, something like that, makes seven a year. Maybe take a little bit of a discount for a chance to come win. He's a guy who has just done nothing but produce everywhere he's been. He was an absolute Bears killer when he was with the Lions. That's a name that I don't know if that's one they're looking. But he's he's also somebody who can line up just about anywhere in your offense. Hell, he could probably even line up in the backfield at some points if you really wanted to give him a different look. I would love to see the Bears, and I don't know if he wants to sign a discounted deal, but if he were willing to take a discounted deal. I think he looked fantastic here, uh, especially kind of knowing that Lions system too, a, a team that you're playing twice a year. I got the sales pitch. Plus Irish. I was going to say, bye week, 
to short drive at Notre Dame. You know, yeah, you go, there you go. You'll, you'll there, be on there the sidelines. We'll get you on the sidelines. You get honored at Notre Dame. He's Maybe sold. they win a game. Who knows? I don't know, but it'd be fun. Let's do you it. You know, oftentimes we find ourselves uh, falling back on colloquialisms or, you Ooh, know, the uh, cert- What is the cert- exact definition of colloquialisms? Like, I've heard the word I, before, but I think it's like the week. It's like commonly bought into ideas, okay. phrases. Gotcha. I think I've definitely heard it before, and I kind of generally know what you're talking about, but I don't know exactly what it means. There, um, it's a saying or a term, a blanket saying or a term used to define uh, similar things. Okay, I think I gotcha. is, is okay. what I'm. I'm buying. I, what, where I'm I'm buy that. If you want to, you want to Google that. that while I. No, while I don't really feel like it. I'll trust you. Regain this thought here, but sorry, um, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you said it. it like, I was out at me, and I was saying like the idea of oh, this guy's a winner, or this guy is a hard, not even a hard worker, but like the idea oh, Tebow's a winner, that sort of thing. The Tebow's a winner idea. Mm-hmm. Golden Tate is a dog. You're you're always going to get. There's a little bit of um, Heinz Ward DNA yeah, in him. There's a little it. bit of um, get under your chin strap. And if Dude's this offense, if this offense is going to get a jolt from a guy like that, I, I really believe that it would get a jolt from a guy like that because you know when you get technical and, and you get. You get George, you get Tariq Cohen, you get Cordero Patterson. Um, we're running a bunch of different motions at you. We're getting super uh, cerebral. We're getting very heady. Sometimes you need a little dog yeah. to keep you right. You know, sometimes you need a little bit of um, of Golden Tate to go out there and you know put his hand under a, a defensive back's chin strap and, and you know really get things fired up. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing that at all. He's a guy who I've loved watching. You know, since college, um, and it's a guy. And, I loved watching sense. him, and like he just killed us every time. Played us, it always bothered. Yeah, me. yeah. So um, no, I, I would not mind that at all. Definitely one to keep an eye on. But uh, it's great to see to kind of put a bow here on free agency. Not that that any of these guys are hurting, but it's great to see um, NFL athletes starting to get that money a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I know the cap goes up and that does, you know, the pot gets bigger for, for different guys to eat out of. And um, it's just great just because you've seen in other sports, um, the numbers get so crazy the way they are in baseball and the way they are in basketball. And I don't know if it's just me personally, but I've always felt that the danger of the sport should dictate the pay, not, not the TV deals, not anything. And I know that's a, that's a pipe dream and it's not a real idea, but I've always felt like NFL players and the fact that the contracts aren't guaranteed and oftentimes are pretty team-friendly contracts is mm-hmm. so unjust because of what they're putting themselves through. So I'm never going to be the guy who complains about someone getting the $100 million contract. I'm glad to see uh, middle-tier NFL players starting to get some money that if they're smart, you know, they, they could do good things. With. We, we have a, a bit of breaking news on the podcast here, Joe. There, there has up? been another big signing, another big name off the board. Earl Thomas will Ooh. sign a four-year, $55 million deal with the Baltimore Don't Ravens. Bears. Thank the Baltimore you, Ravens, including $22 million, $22 million in the first nine months. So um, he's gotten paid. Uh <laughs> I don't know. I don't, on someone. I mean, That's honestly, a crazy deal. Honestly, I don't know the Ravens' salary cap situation. Maybe they got yeah. some money to spend. I mean, they they got rid of uh, Joe Flacco's contract off the books, so that clearly freed up some. But I mean, I, I guess if it's not going to hurt him down the road, go for it. But that's that's probably one that 
uh, you know, year three and four, if they're not looking to get out of it, is not going to look all that great. But Earl Thomas is going to be a Baltimore Raven. Uh, I, I can see that. He, he fits in a Ravens uniform, I feel like. Who's ready for some AFC North football? It's, it's an arms race for everybody but the Steelers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you know, I think you could kind of make a, a bit of a uh, a bit of a comparison. Not as big of an arms race in, in the NFC North, but the Packers who the are Packers at the top and the Lions are spending. <laughs> but the Packers are at the top of the division, and, and if you look at the teams on paper going into next season, the Bears are a better team, the Vikings are a better team, mm-hmm. and I think you can argue that the Lions and the Packers have very similar or should have very similar expectations going into next season. Uh, the fall from the top is my point there. The Steelers now um, obviously not the favorite in that division. Do you say the Browns are the, the favorite in that division? Um, I think so. You're seeing, you're seeing a fall from grace from a blue blood, I think was my, my point there. Yeah. Um, I it's hard to fully rebuild in football because you can't really, oh, wow, the Ravens spending more money here, Joe. Mark Ingram intends to sign a three-year $15 million deal with the Ravens. So wow. the Ravens are throwing Ravens. around some cash. That's not, that's actually not as bad of a deal as I thought Mark Ingram might get. I thought someone might have to pay him like seven or eight. Ravens looking for a slot receiver? Because they're paying. Who, who are we? I'm talking about me. I'm talking about me. Oh, okay. Uh, no, yeah. you're done. You're, you're washed up. You're 28. You're out of your prime. Um, I'm just a year past my prime, though. Just one year past my prime. 27, the physical prime. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm 27 now, so I'm in my prime. They're looking for a <laughs> third string left guard? <laughs> I'm, right, I'm versatile. Depth. I can play right side. I can play both sides. I'll give you, I'll give you some serious depth. Um, I agree. So you got, plus, I'm a glue guy. People forget I'm a glue, glue guy. guy. Sniffing glue guy. But, well, uh, Matt, you know, it's um, like we said, it, it, it was a fun deadline and uh not a dead but it was a fun felt like a season yeah, all, all of the, all of these deals go talk about the anti-baseball yeah like literally we spent months like three months waiting for bryce harper and manny machado to decide nfl literally we're, we're two hours into it we already have mm-hmm. the biggest signings happening and with z- with zero expectation a bunch of huge signings so yeah. fun time to be a fan of the league but uh, some other things to get to here today Matt on the Moose and Runes podcast before we do a little Big Ten news Alex Hornibrook uh, transferring out of uh, this yeah, is a non sequitur transferring out of Wisconsin and uh, heading to Florida State talk about so, uh, guys who are going to look super unnatural in a uniform he will not seriously. look right enough. like that like that could not have been a more awkward fit than the I former know, Wisconsin quarterback who can kind of throw it like five yards down the field um, now, 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 now trying to, to now trying to push it for Willie Taggart in the Florida State offense. That's gonna be a, that's gonna be a fun one to keep an eye on, Joe. Hey, hey, don't kill the messenger. We're just passing it along. I'm not killing um, the messenger. I'm but saying the direction I want to watch. The direction I want to go is south to Ponte Vedra Beach, oh. where the Players that, Championship. Did you see that video of Tiger uh, the other day walking in? I did. That I did see awesome. the video of Tiger walking in. The backwards um, hat, the shorts. It was awesome. Big shout out! I got I got I got eyes down in Ponte Vedra right now. Debbie Musso down there. Oh, uh, nice little nice little ladies trip. I think they're gonna go to the tournament one day. Um, but I told her, you know, if you, if you see anything, say something. You know, if you see, see any, something, say any, something. Exactly. You got any exactly. inside info? Why don't you spread it over? We got eyes down in Ponte Vedra. With that said, I don't have any inside info, but let's make some picks. Uh, Always one of the deepest fields of the season. Who do you like to to reign victorious at the Players' Champion? I'd like to ask you, for: have you ever gotten the chance to go down to Ponte Vedra? Have you ever walked to the Hollow Grounds? I have, but not during the tournament. So I have not seen it in full tournament setup mode. So does that mean you've you've played it? No, I was... was 
13. I was not good at golf, and we paid. We played Ponte Vista Country Club, which is adjacent to it. Um, okay. Uh, like three, four times, something like that. It's a, it's got some holes that mirror holes. Like it's got 17 as an island hole as well. It, it's a lot of fun, but we were that's not ready for fun. the big, big track at the time. That's, that's, that's a, well, if you get the chance, Joe, do, do go down there and play that big track because it is, Absolutely. it is very much worth the trip. I've done it. Uh, I played it twice. It's, it's fantastic. Um, my pick, I'm going to go kind of chalk here, but I think mm-hmm. I like Justin Thomas. He, he's been playing yeah. well all year. Um, he tends to step up and play pretty well in the bigger tournaments. I don't believe he's one of players yet, has he? Uh, if you know off the top, uh, of Justin head, Thomas has not. I, I think this. Uh, he seems to start out years well. He, he's again playing well, playing well at the end of last year, playing well at the beginning of this year. I, I think I'm going to go chalk here with Justin Thomas, just because. Why the hell not? I was feeling kind of chalk as well. Going to go DJ. Um, there you go. It, it's a course that you know requires length off the tee, but you cannot sacrifice sacrifice accuracy for that length. Mm-hmm. Um, DJ has been pounding the driver, and he's a guy who has the ability to take that two iron driving iron out of the bag um, and still have nine iron into most of these greens. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, so his uh, his ability to keep it in the fairway, I think, will be key. And uh, I think DJ walks away with it. And I know we're super lame for going. Uh, Chalk, chalk. Yeah, but, sorry, uh, I'm not jumping out and picking like a Jimmy Walker or a Johnny Vegas for you. Guys. Maybe I was gonna say maybe pull up, uh, maybe pull up the field here and pick a sleeper for the people. Okay, well let me scroll through the field. Does does Phil count as a sleeper at this point because he doesn't really make many cuts anymore? Um, I think yeah, I. I, think. I uh, no, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I, I had a stat in my head, but it's not right, so I'm not gonna say it. Are we gonna pick Taylor Gooch? I think you're gonna pick Taylor Gooch. Ta- you're big. I'm not. I will not. Oh, here's a little sleeper, and I know he's not a sleeper, but uh, a name sure, that's that always yeah, that's fun. We, we that's my thing that we haven't heard much from yet this season, but was playing good golf last week. Tommy Fleetwood. Um, oh, yeah, that's the sleeper. Uh, he's top fourteen, like top ten golfer think, in the world. Yeah, big sleeper. Think we're due for Tommy Fleetwood. Big sleeper, top fifteen golfer in the world, Tommy Fleetwood. Um, who, okay, who are you gonna pick, Harold Varner? I don't even know who that is. I've heard the name. He's the I'm other scrolling night, uh, through. Jordan Brand guy. That's like, yeah, I'll, I'll take Justin Rose. I think he's a real sleeper in this tournament. He hasn't won yet this <laughs> year, so that's that's a sleeper for me. He um, has won this season, didn't but, he? Uh, I don't know. I haven't watched every single tournament, Joe. Um, let's go with let's go with Charles Howell the third. Tricky three stacks. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Charles Howell the third. I've been you've been seeing his name, or at least I think I have around the top of leaderboards this year. It, he seems mm-hmm. like a guy who might win a players. Let's go with yeah. Charles Howell, Howell the third. There Plus, I remember him from, um, like, Tiger Woods 2004 when he was, like, the, the young up-and-coming next superstar. The good news coming into this one is that uh, no lingering effects, apparently, from Tiger Woods. Oh, he looks stepping great. Out he looked of, great. Stepping spread. out of uh, the Arnold Palmer last week. Um, looks to be back full go. And, you know, I... I think that he needs to be realistic in his scheduling. I don't think there should be many back-to-backs on the schedule. Um, again, I know we mentioned it last week on the pod, but the stretch of Jack's tournament, Arnie's tournament, and the players back-to-back-to-back, I'd like to know how many guys played all three because that puts a lot of pressure on guys to um, be at all three of those events and play golf, play yeah, that much golf they're, for a short amount of time. There are three pretty important ones and there are three pretty, pretty big ones on the calendar. And Obviously, I, I think this uh, rescheduling, having the players early and then the, the PGA kind of where the players used to be, I believe is kind of the, the new schedule. I like that, but they might have to find a way to kind of move around some other tournaments so you're really not asking players to have three of their most Make important tournaments. Yeah. You know, basically, the three biggest non-majors back to back to back. Yeah. Um, Matt, 
You wanna you wanna hit some buy or sell? I, I feel like we we were gonna do a little dig into uh, free agency and say who won, who lost each deal, each signing. But uh, I feel like we've in a way we we, we've we kind of covered already. that. I think I think we, we think we've gotten there. You, you want to hit them with just a couple impromptu buy or sells? You got anything? Yeah, man, I gotta do a little scrolling here. Do you, yeah, have, do, you guys, do, you, do you have some Jeopardy right. music? I know I popped this one up on you. Also, yeah, while you scroll, um, if we could pipe in a little Jeopardy music and thoughts and prayers. Oh, God, yeah, I totally back. forgot about that. Um, you know, just one of those soundtracks to your life, to your childhood type things where, um, you know, we're, we're really pulling for him and hopefully, you know, he lives a long and fruitful life and continues to do um, Jeopardy for as long as he can. But whether it's... Uh, in the short term or, or years and years from now, um, Alex Trebek always, always brought it, always brought it. He's someone that I think affected everyone, regardless of race, religion, color, creed. Um, everyone's, everyone's seen Jeopardy. Everyone, everyone loves Alex's voice and uh, we're pulling for him. Did you uh, kind of, this was, a, I think, a reason for it to kind of re-go viral again, but I saw the video clip of, it was it was a doozy Jeopardy or double Jeopardy where about, it was yeah. the football category, and it was literally like, like all like the buzz like read the question nobody buzzes in read the question nobody was all five and he was just <laughs> roasting all of them and the last one the, the answer ended up being like the purple people eaters and like the dude reads the question he's like yeah I, I know you guys don't have the answer for this one so I'm just gonna tell you <laughs> it was hysterical he was just roasting them basically for being nerds it was kind of funny um, um, my I, favorite well my go ahead. I saw another no no I saw another posting and it was very similar it was this when they walked by at the beginning after the first round of Jeopardy they um ask everyone you know where are you from what do you like to do this lady's talking about like some computer club that she runs and uh, she's explaining the different people that are in it and he just takes like the best pregnant pause and goes so losers you're calling me it's <laughs> <laughs> just like the perfect comedic timing oh he's the man um but we'll we'll get on to some happier notes here i do have a, I yeah. got one i got one for you it's it's conference Hit tournament me. week joe so i'm gonna we're gonna go back to okay. the college hoops ranks here we haven't talked about them in a while um buy or sell duke needs to win the acc tournament for a one seed sell i'll give okay. you the other road they take Please a nice do. run to the ACC tournament. They don't win the tournament. They end up losing, let's say, in the finals. Um, as long as... Do they need to go farther than North Carolina? To get a one seed, I guess. I mean, I'm just trying to position it in, in terms of Zion. I know it's not Zion, but if you want to... If Zion steps on the court... If Zion steps on the court and even it, it plays in a uh, reduced role, reduced mm-hmm. capacity... They're a one seed. They're a one seed. They're going to give them a one seed unless they lose in the first round. They're a one seed because it's. I mean, I guess they do have the two wins over Virginia, so I guess that would give them the edge there. But if Virginia and Carolina both go farther, mm-hmm. I mean, how do you not give those two guess, the one yeah. seeds? Right? I mean, Virginia have the argument. Carolina, if Carolina goes farther than Duke in the tournament. I think you have to give Carolina the one seed if you're going that route because they've. I know it's without Zion, but they beat Duke twice, and I, I guess by that same logic, Duke if they go the same or you know uh, if, if they go farther than Virginia, they would have to jump Virginia for that one seed. But it's fascinating that you have those three really good teams in the ACC, and there's really no n- none of the three are locks for the you know for a one seed. I guess at this point, if they lose early enough, so it'll be fun mm-hmm. to watch. I think that tournament kind of develop. 
Yeah, I think uh, depending on the situation there, um, obviously, yes, yeah, I, I the ultimate X factor. I, I just, yeah, I just really think that Duke is the best team I've watched this season. That's I mean, Gonzaga you're probably right. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I got him at a one seed. Right. Matt, uh, buy or sell? We're going to take it to the NBA here. Buy or sell? Turmoil in Golden State opens up this Western Conference a bit. It's it's very do you similar. Think that there's turmoil in the first place. I do it because how could there really not be with Draymond Green to an extent? I mean, at some yeah. point, especially like when when Draymond's you know putting up triple doubles every other night, you kind of learn to live with it. But when he's not playing that great at basketball at the moment, and he's being the headache that he is, there's obviously going to be some turmoil. That said, uh, it's very similar to a Patriots type mentality of I will I'm never going to be the first one to say that they're dead until I'll happily be too late and and wait until they see that they're done until I pick against them Um, and we it wasn't to this extent last year but we were having similar conversations on this podcast last year when they were slipping up and we both kind of said you know I'll I'll believe the Rockets are going to beat them when the Rockets beat them um, so I, I I'm going to I'm going to buy that there is turmoil I'm going to sell that it affects them being the best team in the NBA. Well, that's, like that makes for great, great content, mm-hmm. great radio. Mm-hmm. Um, buy or sell, Joe Fox has a new college football, you know, a team, a team to compete with college game day on Saturdays. So that's basically, uh, yes, you, you a... buy or sell in the new Fox squad. We got Urban Meyer, Brady Quinn. I love Brady Quinn. Reggie Bush, Matt Leinert, and then uh, Rob Stone, who was the host last year, will, will remain. They basically, though, uh, overhaul in that group. So you buy or sell, they can compete with the, with the big boys on college game day. Big time sell because totally there were only two names in there that struck me as like legitimate. One of those names just better be Brady interesting Quinn. people, interesting people to watch on television. It's not one of those names uh, better be Brady Quinn. I'm a big Rob Stone fan. Um, and who'd you read off? Urban, well, Urban, Meyer, uh, Urban Meyer. Urban no, Meyer. No, he hates football. TV. He's done it, before, but he's done it before. He's not good on TV. Like it's okay. he's, he. He was not good. People wanted him to smile. He can't smile. Like, it's just, I, I don't think it's going to be very good. I think it's going to do a terrible number. Um, unless it's sold for two seasons, you're going to see this for one year. I don't think it'll be terrible. I think it'll be a solid show, and have it not been for college game day, it would be pretty good. But <laughs> have it not been game. for the stalwart but like, but they, but of the last the thing, like, 40 years that set the tempo for pregame you shows? You could literally put, you could tell me that they got Nick Saban to fly to wherever they are from Tuscaloosa the morning before every game and fly back to be on that show and Dabo Swinney as well. It still wouldn't do as well as college game day because that's college game day. That's people's Saturday tradition. It has been since like 1992. And that's just, I'm going to watch Lee Corso and Kirk Herbstreet. Like, I'm sorry. It's uh, maybe I on think, commercials uh, I'll, I'll switch over. But am I right? In, am I right in saying that Wani that wants that is a Fox guy, right? Wani is a Fox guy, but he, this was the I show that he was on, on last year. Well, this was yeah. the show. He was on the show last year. So and I've always enjoyed, I enjoy his analysis. He usually, he's usually pretty spot on. Big Wani guy. I, I picked him up yeah. from the, uh, from his job at the big 10 network quite a bit to bring him over to the studio when he was, was doing bear shows for us on Monday. So I think Wani, you mentioned that on this podcast. He, he knows. Yeah. No big deal. He knows my name. We're, we're basically <laughs> best friends. Got it. Nice. Well, friend of the podcast. Maybe get him on. We'll, we'll work get on, him on a little yeah, Wani. We'll you know, if he's not a, if he's not getting Fox play, well, Wani, Wani's play. down. In, Wani's down in Naples right now, so I don't think he's uh, he, he's he's coming on with us anytime soon. That's good stuff, man. You got anything else for the people here? I know we were a little bit um, all over the place. That's but, okay. Uh, we'll that's lock a, it in. 
Yeah. Oh, the, the Oreo bet. Uh, well, it wasn't really a bet. Yeah. I just Give us a breakdown of the numbers just, here. It wasn't close. I think it was like 71% to 29% voted now, for Dougie stuff. You, so it, it if was you a want blowout. to look at it from a percentage basis, it that's was fine. A but there were, there, I don't know if it was a, more of a factor of like your minute following or the fact that you my minute following for, i tweeted for the moose and runes account that's not my following that, yeah but you kept the vote open for like 17 hours no i've kept like it open for 24 hours that's what you do with a twitter poll 24 hours like 45 people voted it's 49. not a, it's not a it's not <laughs> it's not a clear representation of the greater whole i think the, i think it I think absolutely greater, is. i think the greater voting public is a lot closer to a 60 40 uh 55 45 split well you know i just i'm, I'm going with the scientific evidence here joe and the, the scientific evidence says 71 percent to 29 percent, which isn't really all that close i just you know it, it's okay to be wrong like I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna call you a heathen or make fun of you because you you believe that you know less cream in your Oreo is is better. But if anything, that makes me more civilized. The facts have on. proven that you're wrong. I mean, it's, we have raw data. No opinion. Opinion has proven me wrong. Can I ask you a question? I started wondering this as well last time we talked. We talked. Mm-hmm. I think we brought up um, not only Oreos, but we were talking about you know fruit pies. Now you don't really like those. No, I like right? I like fruit pies. No, you said you only like them if they like got cake. ice cream on them. No, you told me um, you don't really like pie. Yeah, I mean, but like uh, a scoop of ice cream next to a piece of pie is how you're supposed yeah, to eat Yeah, that's what pie. I said. But you you also said on the last podcast, I can probably check the tape, but I'm not going to. I'm too lazy. If but, there's no ice cream, but, but let, me, let me clarify. If there's no ice cream and there's a good pie out and a cup of coffee, like I'll still have a slice of pie. Okay, that's okay. But my, I guess my next question is I want to find some, what, what are your thoughts on cheesecake? <laughs> Because honestly, this is how I think. Like, this is the thought that popped into my head. We talked about pie. We didn't talk about cheesecake. Some people say cheesecake is a pie. I don't. I think no, it's a cheesecake cake. is a cake. That's cake. why the word cake's in uh, it. That's what I say. Um, but there are, there's a contingent. It's never going to be. Tell you if, it's a, if it's a table of desserts, it's never going to be what I choose. Really? Cheesecake. Interesting. But if it's just a cheesecake, um, if it's got a nice crumbly crust, it's just that yeah. little saltiness in the crust. Little, little graham cracker crust and a big little graham, graham cracker. cracker. Crust. Okay. Uh, my dad's aunt um, makes oh. a fantastic uh, cheesecake. So just a, that's your, really your standard your standard cheesecake. Yeah, but like the texture spot on the tangy flavor, it's it's all where it needs to be. So um, I like a good cheesecake, but again, if like if there's a apple pie next to the cheesecake i go apple pie 10 out of 10 interesting interesting i'm just i'm learning more about you as we go here i'm a bit i'm a no i think what you're getting i'm i i stand firmly against pumpkin pie i will not touch pumpkin oh we talked about that and i I, you know i i disagree with you i'm a pumpkin pie guy but i can see how somebody might not be a fan like you either love pumpkin pie or you don't like it I don't think there's much, there's not much of a middle ground. Uh, It it depends on where you get. It depends on if you're getting (laughs) also, you got it. It speaks because I like, you know, I like the double stuff Oreo, the mega stuff or you got to have a lot of whipped cream on the pumpkin pie. I think that helps a lot. Uh, One thing we we teased last week, but I think we both Mm. forgot about it. Um, We forgot to come up with Lenten promises for either we can do each other or, um, or, you know, maybe local teams in the city, you know, a a Lenten promise for, for one of these teams, any of these teams. Uh, But we'll, We'll come back uh, with that next week. I think. I think that could yeah. be uh, be fun. Some content. Some uh, some Lenten sports promises. I yeah. like it. Maybe I'll have you give up losing to me in votes. Okay. Because you're over two. Maybe, maybe I'll uh, teach you how to use Twitter. How do you use Twitter? I, I sent out the tweet. Yeah. I think I've sent out my Twitter Lenten, polls. My Lenten promise. Okay, my you Lenten know, your wait, your Lenten promise is to teach me something. Yes, and for you to learn. 
that's that's I, that's yeah that makes a lot of sense this has been great <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm feeling like i need a little uh, little load management here lebron lebron style so uh we're running out of steam here on the moose and runes podcast episode 96 of the pod as always we appreciate you guys tune in next week we'll have some sports lenten promises as well as i think it's time to start uh really honing in on uh, episode 100 uh, mailbag questions so hey mailbag question tell us what you guys want us to do on episode 100 we like we did we did mailbags and then we'll 50, do the opposite that's what we'd like to do 100 yeah and then if you start paying us then we will do what you want on 100 if you don't <laughs> we'll do the exact opposite right in your face episode 100 pay scale kicks in we'll see you soon listeners fans may god give you for every storm a rainbow for every tear a smile for every care a promise and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. <laughs> Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.